0: publichealth.indiana.edu. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, alum with co-host Sarah Whitmire, the News Bureau Chief of WFIU and WTIU. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the film industry in the state of film in Indiana with four great guests who are here in the studio with us. Uh, Representative Matt Pierce is here. He's a Democrat from Bloomington, and uh, Matt's been with us several times before. Jessica Lewandowski is with us. She's film director of the Middle Coast Film Festival. David Anspaugh is here. He's a film director who's probably best known locally for Hoosiers and Rudy. Been at this a long time and also john vickers is with us the founding director of the indiana university cinema if you want to join us on the program give us a call at 812-855-0811 here in bloomington or one 285 9348 outside of the bloomington area you can join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition and you can follow us on twitter at noon edition so i want to welcome all of you to the program thanks for being here today you're welcome yeah we got a lot of things we can talk about today we're not going to talk so much about the academy awards though because there's filmmaking going on right here in indiana and here in bloomington and i i want to uh sort of open the show with a general question and uh john why don't you start out but i want to ask just about um sort of the state of filmmaking in indiana you know why is this a good why would you say it's a good place for people to come to make films
1: well, I think, uh, of course, uh, Bloomington has a lot of amenities that, that people love, and, and so any of the filmmakers that we bring to campus, uh, they fall in love with the town, and many of them make a statement that they would like to come back and shoot something here. And And I don't think it's not only the amenities, but it's also the people that they meet, and and so I think they feel that this could be a great place, a great community to, to make a film in. Um, there, there are some barriers, as, as we'll, I'm sure we'll get to at some point. But, but I think most of all, it's the, the locations and the, the amenities of the town and the people they meet. Uh, it just it feels like a community, and it feels as, as though a, a good, it could be a good place to make a film, as I think was just recently uh, shown, which maybe David will speak to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, David, you were just involved with uh, shooting a film here in Bloomington, The Good Catholics. Mm-hmm. So why did you decide to come here and get involved?
2: Well, actually, that decision had been made before I came on board. Uh, uh, Zach Spicer, John Armstrong, uh, Paul Schoberg, the the, uh, writer and director, um, they approached me and asked me if I would be interested in executive producing this. And, of course you know, my first question. <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of intuitively knew why, because I'm old, and I've got a lot of experience, you know, and they're young, and they're just learning. But I was I was honored, and I immediately, well, I said, I have to read the script first. Because if, if, if the material was not up to par, then I would've sort of diplomatically removed myself. But I loved the script. And I said, yes, immediately. Uh, I can only speak for, I mean, I, I wish one of the guys were here that uh, could speak to it more specifically, but uh, their experience and mine was that this community just rolled out the red carpet for them in, and the university as well. I can't forget that a lot. Uh, we had a lot of contributions from the university, from the city of Bloomington. Uh, the city government and businesses, large and small. And, um, you know, these guys are from Indiana. They're all IU grads. And uh, the writer lives out in Brown County. And uh, he didn't want to travel, be away from his family. So, you know, he wrote this story that something that could be shot here. Now, that movie could be shot anywhere literally. I mean, as long as it was a smaller town. In fact, I don't think it actually took place here. It may have even been Kansas, Oklahoma. But uh, b- but without the tax incentives, they had enough um, cooperation from the city of Bloomington and the university that in a way, that made up for the lack of um, in, uh, financial incentive from the, the state government. But that was unique because they were all homeboys and everybody was impressed that they were doing something here in Bloomington that was a one-off as they said they'll never get those freebies again probably nor will any other company that comes in and not that they won't be given I shouldn't say that of course that's very possible but Mm -hmm. you know
0: uh well I I'm, I'm going to skip over Jessica for just a second because Why? Uh, well, big,
2: <laughs> I've
3: got a, t- I've got tons to say. I'm a filmmaker too and I know, I know that um, this is a bigger budget. The Good Catholic was a bigger budget production, but we I've been making films here for the past 5 years with my husband and um, a group of filmmakers. There's about 30 of us in town that have just gone out and we make we we're popping out like I'd say four to five shorts a year for the past five years or so that have just been on my crew. And there's tons of other people around here that are doing that same thing that The Good Catholic did. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do that anymore. We want to pay businesses for their location and the catering and, and bring in large companies from outside to shoot here, yeah. but yeah, go on. No, that's okay. I, okay. I, I
0: didn't mean to disrespect you. I was just going to jump we're f- over. We're fine. I know. I know. I was just going to jump over to Matt and ask about the uh, the the incentives because I know that you're you know in the legislature. So what can you do to help Jessica and
4: the folks from the Good Catholic and other people that want to shoot films here in Indiana? Right. Well, we have to. I have to try to use my powers of persuasion on the key decision makers that control the tax policy in the state. But we did have um, film credits here in the state for a short period of time, in the Daniels administration. In fact, they had to be enacted over his veto, so it was a little bit controversial. But unfortunately, his administration, their heart just wasn't in it, and they didn't really promote them or really try to build off of that. And they were sunsetted, and so they've they've gone by the boards. And in the meantime, it's only. Gotten more critical because I think there are about 39 states or something that have some type of incentive, and we have none. And you know, I've heard from people who try to um, make movies that when you're trying to line up the money, when you talk about where you're going to film this thing, if you mention it, it's a state that doesn't have incentives, the financial people are like, forget it. Yep. You know, we got to go where we're getting the maximum you know credits. So, what kind right. of incentive? Well, it, there's like it's a pretty broad kind of thing, but you know, the, I think the Louisiana is kind of considered the most generous, or maybe the king of the hill of the credits, and I think they're around 30%, somewhere in there. Um, so. Maybe 35 or even closer to 40. The, yeah, the, the
1: highest out there are pushing 40, which mm-hmm. which I think is too high.
2: Georgia's in there, right? No, mm-hmm. because I, yeah, I know correct. somebody told me there are 32 productions shooting in Georgia at any given time, in and around Atlanta. Can you imagine? How much money that brings and the
4: I, I think that yeah i think the states have at least 30 percent credit that are really kind of getting right. to a critical mass of production i think indiana's short-lived credit was about 15 percent, and so you know that's pr- you, you need to figure out a way to to kind of get up into that area mm-hmm. so you're competitive as other states and then there are a whole lot of really grinding issues i haven't fully got a grasp on about how you reclaim credits, and what the credits go toward, and how you do the accounting on it, and all of that can also impact. If you can make that system um, easy and seamless for the producers, I think that can be a step up, even if your credit's not quite as large as yeah. some other so, state. So can you help me
0: understand this a little bit a little bit better? So the tax credit goes to what, John? I mean, so a 30% would mean what to me if I was making a phone?
1: Right, so so the way we've, we've drafted this bill, at least that's under discussion right now, is um, a 30% tax credit for in-state labor. So it's weighted heavily on in-state labor, and then uh, possibly a, up to a 20% tax credit on other in-state qualified expenses. So it, it's not going to be the most competitive uh, tax credit out there, but, but but I think what we're trying to target are the films that should be shot in Indiana. So films that are fictionally based here, films that wanna be shot here. Um, we're not gonna be the best deal in town, I, I don't think. Um, and we're also going to have caps that are lower than other states, at least as we're proposing. So we're trying to to introduce a bill that will be uh, – that the state can sink their teeth into without giving away the farm. And, and, and so because some of those – the other states seem to uh, – Depending on on what reports you, you 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 look at, I mean, some think that they're they're um, bankrupting the you know the state mm-hmm. governments, and and of course we don't want to do that. We want to do something that's healthy for the state and grow the state and, and good for job growth. And so I think the way we've drafted the bill at this point, it's, it's doing that. Now we need a lot more review and and um, discussion. But but th- that's, that's what we're looking at, qualified expenses, in-state qualified expenses up to 20 percent, and then in-state labor up to 30 percent um, at this point.
5: What may kind I, of – I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: I just wanted to ask a quick question, if I may, um, and I think you might have just touched on it. And I was going to ask Matt, uh, what, as filmmakers and, and, you know, Jessica and myself and John, uh, we, we know what the advantages are. To having these but what i'm curious about is what's the um what's the what are the obstacles what what, what what what
4: are they uh well the interesting thing is uh legislators get a lot of emails of studies and magazines think, cranked out by think tanks and they're mostly conservative think tanks because i think the money to back that kind of operation tends to come from the conservative side so we get a lot of um, things about tax policy and for whatever reason over the past four or five years these film credits have really been criticized very heavily by these think tanks which is interesting because most of the time they've never met a tax credit or a tax break or a deduction <laughs> for business they didn't like mm-hmm. and yet they really um, criticize the credits claiming that it's you can't really build an industry off of it that it's very fleeting these people from hollywood flood into your state they kind of you know, have a flurry of activity for a couple weeks or a month or whatever, and then they're gone and that it's the, you don't get that kind of lasting kind of job you might have, jobs you might have if you gave a manufacturing plant some huge incentives. And so I think that's part of it. And the other difficulty is it is a little bit of a bidding war because you really have to get close enough to the most generous state. So people consider coming to you because my impression is that, um, the real bottom line people of Hollywood are looking for, like, what is just the best deal and best payback I'm going to get? Now, what I'm hoping we can do is come up with a credit that people in Indiana can support that will generate this type of film, as you said, that really should be done here in Indiana, not necessarily trying to bring in the giant blockbuster $100 no, million dollar it sh- production. it should be
3: ind- – like, we could have a micro-independent film scene here. And it, it's – film productions are a lot like events. They're many events. So – you're you're inflating the budget for a small period of time but you are pumping money into the local economy and i love that this bill supporting um local crew and cast because that's the that's the long lasting effects so each production that comes here that hires local crew those local crew members will then be incentivized to make their own film and it just it's a it's a sprouting effect that'll happen mm-hmm. um and that's, that's the important part. You I know, think. and also,
2: it, it's kind of a minor point maybe, but w- when you were talking about, I understand that whole aspect of, you know, uh, the circus comes to town and then they fold their tents and leave. And that's much less advantageous than putting a Ford plan in there. It's gonna be there for, you know, years and years, hopefully, um, but it's what, what, what those film companies take away and put on screen to the world that they're not thinking about. You know, It's like free publicity. Yeah, tourism. For, for tourism. Right. And, uh, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I went to visit the Knightstown gym recently where we shot, well, it was the home court for Hoosiers, for the Hickory Huskers and it's now turned into a museum. They get visitors daily from all 50 states and something like 30 countries now they've had from around the world. And they get people that say, "Well, when where can we take the tour to go to all the places that Hoosiers filmed or Rudy or or Breaking Away." Yeah, you know, tourism. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. Plus it just I mean, it's just it just I know as a filmmaker when I grew up, when I was going to IU, and I lived in Decatur, Indiana, so I would drive back and forth to school. And even back then, I remember, my father was a professional photographer, so I grew up around the visual world and all that. And I used to drive during the different seasons, in the winter and the fall, and look at the landscapes and think to myself, boy, man, I wish one day I could make movies and be able to show people The beauty of because everybody thinks Indiana is just like flat as this table in front of me and nothing but cornfields or soybeans or whatever. And, yes, we have that. And there's a certain beauty in that, too. But it's also it's a chance to show the diversified, um, you know, geographic uh, sort of buffet that we have here in Indiana.
3: As a filmmaker, you can drive around the state. It's it's centrally localized, you know. So you can get a lot of people here. Population is low. So if you need to shut down a city block in Indianapolis, it's not like shutting down a city block in New York or Chicago. Or Chicago. We're currently sitting on a script that um, is, our finance packet is set up to be filmed in Chicago, but there are no, there's nothing tied to Chicago. It's only because we won't, our investors won't invest in us if we, they don't get 30% back on every dollar they invest. Like, that's the only difference. We could shoot it here and in, in Indianapolis tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I mean. Right, S-
5: sure. A week. So where do you draw the line? What films will qualify or what size or scope or how many would they need to produce? Or what are the sort of specifications? Yeah, so,
1: so one of the qualifiers is is going to be a cap. So, so there's going to be a cap that the state will commit to. And, and I don't know if we want to disclose what that cap would be. At this point, It's oh, fine. I oh, think okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, we, we're talking about a, a ten million dollar per project cap with a total annual cap of fifteen million for the state, mm. and and it's it's low enough to where some of the the big tentpole films you know will not take advantage of it, but it's high enough to where a lot of other films can take advantage of it, and so. Um, so we think it, definitely the cap is much higher than the 2007 bill that was approved um, so it's still going to be a challenge to get through the state but we think it's attractive enough to support a lot of smaller films and and so so, so and then um, the, the qualifying another qualifying factor would be 50% of the total production has to be based in Indiana so um, and then there are other qualifiers as well but but those are two of the the, the things that we'd want to look at first
2: do you, do you ever um do, do you read the scripts i mean is that a qualifier i mean if it's uh, something that
4: the, the only thing is i know these credits typically have a thing to make sure the pornographic film industry doesn't show up and start claiming credits in your state so yeah, that they yeah. usually have a little thing about yeah. that but well, otherwise the they otherwise they other than that qualification they back off from I any kind you get of
2: get into the whole debate of what is pornography what it's, it's a little pornography tricky is... but i
4: i think they found a way to define that that it kind of keeps you from getting into an awkward situation a lot of legislatures probably have a
0: good sense of what they think it is anyway
4: right well it's the old i know it when i see it you know yeah, answer right. uh, let, let me, hey, can i let,
2: let can let me give it, a, can just just p- yes yeah, sure piggyback on it for one second and ask matt one other question to what extent honestly is it about political sensibilities and well
4: yeah i do think that there is a little particularly these think tanks kind of tech i think a little bit of it is about like well hollywood these are all these really rich people already and they got these liberal values and there's a little bit of that pushback there i think and but i do think at the end of the day the way you would win that argument in the legislature is on these intangibles of look we have an opportunity to show people indiana because you're right they they think we're like flat like kansas or something they just Mm -hmm. don't really people on the coast don't understand indiana and we have a problem right now with the image of indiana and so filmmaking is a way in which we can basically show the wider world you know what indiana is about and what it's like and 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 this can have really huge impacts because you know i go to these meetings with a lot of industrial people drug manufacturers, those kinds of people. And and their talk executives talk about when they were offered the job to come work in Indiana, their family's like, well, I don't know if I want to go there. And they would have to, like, research like, what's Indianapolis like? Does it have any culture? What's going on there? And once they got in, it's like, wow, this is actually a really good place. But the initial reaction is like, oh man, they're like sending me, you know, off to the far ends of the earth or something. And so I think the film industry can help change that image.
1: And, and I'd like to add as well. So, so we have um, Indiana University has a media school, Ball State has a great media program, and University of Notre Dame has film, television, and theater department. And so we're generating, you know, quite a few students out of media production departments that can't be supported in the state of Indiana. So yep. so I don't I don't want to say brain drain, but there is a drain of, you know, people going to the yep. coasts to find work yep. in, in the field that they love. And so it would be great to continue to build that base here so there's more opportunity in the state.
0: Let me give our phone numbers in case somebody wants to join our conversation. 812-855-0812 or 0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at WFIU org slash noon edition and you can follow us on twitter at noon edition um i wanted to to follow up with with john vickers from uh, iu cinema about the importance of you know creating a media school here in bloomington also the cinema which is how old now Uh, just over five years just over five years old i mean it's created it's sort of it's brought film it seems to me to a really a new level here in bloomington
1: well, I think we've had some really great opportunities, and we've been lucky uh, bringing some some great guests to IU. Um, but I think the vision was set uh, by the president, President McRobbie, in, in 2007 when he was inaugurated saying, uh, we need a place for film, and uh, so hence it it, it came. Um, but I, the, the birth of the media school is, um, I don't know if the listeners know, but it was the combining of the School of Journalism, the Department of Telecommunications, and the Department of Communication and Culture, where film theory and history uh, were taught, as well as some film production. And um, that uh, school coming together, I think, was a really positive step um, for students who want to uh, study media and and produce media. And, and I think um, now there's a, an ability to cross uh, over into those other courses that they might have had to do on their own without it being um, more connected. Anyway. Um, with that, with that said, uh, there's a lot of attention to media on this campus right now uh, with the cinema, with uh, the media school, but with uh, the film holdings in the library's archives, the new digital uh, media digitization project. So there's, it's a good time to be involved in media on this campus. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I'm yeah. sorry, I don't remember exactly that's where right. your question no, that, was. Um, that's fine. The
3: media so. students are amazing too. We yeah. we employ so many of them for our interns in my commercial business, and that's how you can, that's how we can be filmmakers who live in Indiana's by doing commercial work. That's how we hone our skills. We shoot music videos. We do so many interviews. We do commercials, um, and we utilize those media students who. They they can't live here. They have to go out to LA, they have to move to New York, they have to move to Atlanta. We lose all of our good talent to the coast because there's no infrastructure here for them to work. They can't go and work for a big production company. And it doesn't even need to be a big production company, just a company that isn't you know a two-person owner.
4: Mm-hmm. And that, uh, in my day job is actually a lecture in the media school, so I get to see some of this stuff close up. But one of the things that brought this issue to my attention, kind of, again, um, was talking to Robbie Benson, who's on our faculty and has a lot of experience in the film industry. And he's talked about how he would love to come here, like, in the summer, make some films here, and give students the ability to really, you know, put a line in their resume, really be involved in real-life production. And he says when you go to talk to the financial people about backing that kind of project it's like the first question is well what kind of credits does indiana have and it's like well zero mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like the conversation's done right there yep. so we just have to come up with a film credit incentive that's enough to get us into the conversation and if we can do that then i think some of the other advantages of indiana can win out but right now we cannot even get in the conversation
5: yep Are tax breaks really just the total answer, or are there other factors? I'm thinking about, you know, two thousand two thousand four when Kinsey was made. It was set here, but filmed at Fordham, I think.
3: Yeah, it
5: wasn't.
3: Yeah, and and same with The Fault in Our Stars. Right. Right.
5: So, are there other factors at play other than just tax breaks here?
2: Well, there are factors that I know. Speaking from, like, uh, uh, Hoosiers and Rudy, for example, Uh, the producers wanted to shoot Hoosiers in Canada. And we basically said, over our dead bodies, um, because uh, if we, uh, we said, we understand that you get, uh, you know, tax refund or, you know, you get refunds up there and in, in tax incentives, but, but it's about the material. And, and that if we were doing a hockey movie, yes, I would do it in Canada in a heartbeat. But, uh, and witness in the final scene in Hoosiers, I said, it's about the faces and the and the crowds. When we start shooting the games and the crowds, if we shoot in Canada, we're going to have a bunch of people sitting on their hands, not knowing what the hell they're watching. Not 100%, but, you, you know, I'm exaggerating a little. But, but like, in in the final scene in Hoosiers, when Jimmy Chitwood makes the final shot, uh, he had been missing so many in warm-ups that... I just assumed he was gonna, we were going to have to redo it again and again. But he made it on the very first shot. And the reaction that you see in the movie is totally spontaneous and undirected. Now, you, it wouldn't happen anywhere else but Indiana like that. Mm-hmm. And with Rudy, Angelo and I walked up the steps of the Golden Dome to meet Father Beauchamp to find out whether or not they were going to let us shoot. And they hadn't allowed a film to be shot on that campus since... Ronald Reagan and Newt Rockney, All-American, like 19, 50 years before. But we agreed that if they said no, we weren't going to do the movie because there is no other Notre Dame. So there are, you know, if you want to do a movie about the Indy 500, you only can do it mm-hmm. here in in Indiana. And there are other, many other examples like that, you and know.
3: There's, there's a need for content about the midwest like there people live here it's not just a flyover and with the with video on demand netflix amazon people watch movies they watch web series they watch television shows that's what i mean that's what i'm going to do when i go home tonight i don't know what everyone else is like <laughs> there that's what everyone does so to say that the there's not a need for content especially about this place um, that, that's just being ignorant. And Indiana needs, like Matt said, we need some positive tourism vibes.
0: <laughs> All right. We're going to have to take a short break. So okay. um, if you want to join our program after the break, give us a call, 812 or one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight, Or you can join us on live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. Or you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. We'll be right back. welcome back to noon edition i'm bob zaltzberg from the herald times along with sarah whitmeyer from wfiu and wtiu we're talking about film making in the film industry in in indiana with four uh guests the first uh, one is representative matt pierce a democrat from bloomington and then we have two filmmakers jessica Lewandowski, uh and she's also the festival director of the middle coast film festival and david anspaugh who's the uh, a film director who's probably best known locally for Hoosiers and Rudy, and also John Vickers, the founding director of the Indiana University Cinema. If you want to join us, 812 811 or 1-877-285-9348 outside of Bloomington. And you can join the live chat at wfiu.org newedition or you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition.
5: All right, Fantastic. David, I wanted to ask you, just sort of in this process of working on The Good Catholic this time around in Bloomington, what have you learned in this process that's maybe been different from some of your other films, Hoosiers, you were talking about, Rudy?
2: What have I learned that's different?
5: Yeah. Well,
2: I am not. I wish I had I I known you were going to ask that question because <laughs> I, this needs some preparation. I don't have anything right that jumps right off the top of my head, you know, into my mouth. Uh... Because for me, it, it was a unique and totally different role. I have never, I mean, before I got my start in television with Hill Street Blues and being part of that group, and that's what launched me as a director because that gave me a chance to direct. And prior to that, I was producing the sh- uh, one of the producers on the show. Um, this is the first time since then that I was ever asked to produce something. And even executive produce, you know, and people say, "Well, what does a producer do?" And you know, there, there's a wide, 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 wide variety in so many different kinds. They come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Um, so for me, I'm not, I'm not sure yet what I've learned. I don't think. I think I'm still processing it. I, because basically, part of my job was to help facilitate the process, to be there as a consigliere or something, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, having had the experience and, and working with uh, Paul, who was technically a first-time feature director, and and a lot of the, the guys that were producing it that didn't have that experience. Um, so, you know, I... I were you looking for something else, possibly? That uh, no,
5: I was just, I was just curious yeah, about. Just, it, it, yeah, it,
2: it was, it was just a totally new and different role we, for me.
3: We have a different way of make of filmmaking here in the Midwest. It's, it's not like so. I've made films in Austin and in New York, and um, our feel is different. Like an independent film is much different than the studio format in in Hollywood in New York, and it's. It's all all hands on deck feeling. Your crews are really small. You Your locations are borrowed, or you only have them for a certain number of hours. So the, the feeling of camaraderie and, like, a team sport is really high. Um, we're trying to get more departmentalized here to where there's, like, departments. So there's art department, camera department, sound, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're trying to do that. I think The Good Catholic is the most departmentalized film that's been shot here, but... Um, like I was saying earlier, the stuff that's made here is gonna feel like here, and that's why it's important that it gets put into the, the grinder of media.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, I, I wanted to ask you, Jessica, mm-hmm. a little, to talk a little bit more about, about your craft, the craft of filmmaking. I mean, what all goes in for you to make a film? Like, what are you working on now? Or some, something that you've worked on recently that you can sort of talk about, you know, getting a cast and getting a crew and you know, what goes into that?
3: Well, I mean...
0: That's a big question. It,
3: there's... We're, I'm, in de- I'm, a, <laughs> I'm in development on about six different projects that I'm attached to as producer. And they range... One of them is going to be shot in St. Petersburg. One's in Tulsa. A lot of them could be shot here. One is... Um, my husband's writing a script specifically it's called The Hick from French Lick. <laughs> and it's oh. about... Uh, it'll take place entirely at West Baden Springs Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, that that one as an example is you know, something that no one could see anywhere else. And it's important that or I'll go back to the, the what goes into that. So yeah. you write it. Yeah. So first the story. So my husband lives here, he's so he's gonna write influenced by the area. Um then you go into the pre planning, you go into financing the you create the budget, you cast it you go into all the elements that a Hollywood film would do, you just do it on a smaller scale with way less money. <laughs> and um, when, we're, when we're developing these things, like a projected spend is something that you have in your finance packet. Um, all of these films, the projected spend is at least like 25 grand that would go directly into the community. So, I mean, without, with even these small independent features, The state, without this tax incentive, they're saying, well, we don't want that 25 grand. That's why I was saying they're like small events.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would that tax incentive mean to you for the way you do your work? Would you do a lot more of your films, the ones that they were going to do in Tulsa? Would you maybe do that in Indiana somewhere?
3: Um, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. In Indianapolis especially. And um, because... I would be able to be with my kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's important. And that's another thing, another aspect of filmmakers like Paul Schulberg, the writer, director of Good Catholic. He wanted that to be here so he could not spend three months on in the coast or, or in a Chicago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, John was mentioning that there's an incentive in Indianapolis that's going on that I'm really interested in learning about. Yeah. What is that, John? Well, so um,
1: there has been an, an, a state film office, uh, Film Indiana, that's been in, in existence for a number of years. Um, b- but I'll, I'll say it's understaffed. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's a portion of one person's time to, to staff that office. Uh, but just recently, um, a new initiative called uh, the Indie Film Office was, was opened on paper, and they found funding for two years, um, $150,000 a year, to support a, a city-based uh, film commission or film office uh, with a film commissioner for the city. And and what they're trying to do is um, promote the city. They're, they're also uh, – they have a database of locations that they're going to make available to filmmakers. They have database of uh, crew that they're going to make available, but they're – they're really going to, and then they're also trying to, I'm, I'm sorry, streamline permits and get the costs of permits down uh, for locations. And and so I think what they're trying to do is, is set a little bit more of infrastructure uh, in hopes that there will be a, a tax incentive to, you know, where the city will be better prepared uh, to support productions that come in. But also, more importantly, maybe is to support... The productions that are already there, so there is, there is a base of, of production in the city that uh, we don't want to forget about. I mean, there's yeah. like like in Bloomington, Indianapolis has a pretty healthy uh, production base uh, that doesn't feel supported, and so uh, you know I think this is a way of showing support for that production base as well. Um, and then part of the film office, the indie film office, is also again to. to promote and and try to uh, get the word out that there is still opportunity even though there's still not a tax incentive yet there's opportunity in in indianapolis Um, similar to the work on the good catholic uh, the office and folks in production there are trying to build a uh, city-based incentive program where uh, hotels they might be able to get hotel deals and other things uh, that might make it attractive enough to
2: i I believe these guys really want their their long-term goal is to Establish a small production company here, right? Possibly. Uh, uh, in Bloomington?
1: Yeah, I mean, there, it, it dep- maybe it depends on who you speak with in Indianapolis, but but eventually they would love to, you know, build permanent studio space and, and mm-hmm. really— I, Oh,
2: I'm talking about the—I'm talking, talking about the, the Pegasus yeah. company.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> so the, the good Catholic folks absolutely would like to locate in Bloomington, uh, I yeah, believe, yeah. And, and, yeah. and build the industry here. So anyway, there's an initiative in the city that I I think is a strong first step uh, to continuing to support what's there, but also promoting and trying to get people to know that, you know, it's still viable to shoot and do things in Indianapolis right now.
3: That's awesome. And that's kind of what I've just taken it upon myself to be that film commission office in Bloomington. (laughs) Um, My best friend works at Visit Bloomington, so she is always a, a resource for me for when I have visiting filmmakers in from uh, for the Middle Coast Film Festival, she's the first stop I make. So we're gonna shortcut that and create a database for local to Bloomington that it's a one-stop shop if you're coming from out of town. And there's two productions that are coming in, one from Australia and one from the UK, that I've gotten the first two phone calls. And they're like, um, okay, so we need a camera crew and I need a sound guy. And I'm like, okay, let me email you. So. I'm kind of that, I'm a film commissioner.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Matt, as you're making the argument to your colleagues to support these tax credits, how are you quantifying the economic impact for them?
4: Well, we haven't gotten to that stage of our argument. We're trying to put all that together so that when we begin a discussion, we're well prepared to discuss those kinds of things. And, you know, usually when you introduce a bill, the um, Legislative Services Agency will do a fiscal analysis, and they're going to, They're going to really look mostly at what is the cost of the state what revenue would you forego if you have credits and it's going to be our job to build credible analysis which shows what the payback is and and so that will be a big part of it but as i said before i think that um, we just have to be able to make an argument to get in the ballpark that the credits have value and that and that they have a reasonable economic return if you want to talk pure dollars and cents but then really talk about the greater benefit to the state Of having this activity occurring here not so you're not so much saying okay for every you know 60 cents we invest we'll get back a dollar 20. i mean normally it's how you kind of do it for every one dollar in you get more out and i Mm. and i don't know if that's the right analysis for these credits i think you really have to look at the kind of external benefits of bringing that activity to the state.
3: Well, can you look, can you pitch it to them as like a tourism thing?
4: Well, I think all of that is important, and a lot of it kind of depends on who the governor is. I mean, I remember back in the days of Evan Bayh and Frank O'Bannon. I mean, tourism was really a huge thing for mm. them. They put a lot of energy and effort and funding into developing tourism. And from the time of Mitch Daniels Ford, not so much. So, you know, we're not even, even if you look at old fashioned tourism, like, you know, come to Brown County State Park or something, the kind of brochures and things you would develop and the print materials and the advertising you would do in the Midwest to try to get people to come here. I mean, that's pretty much all withered away. And so part of what will be helpful is to have a governor who sees this as an economic development opportunity mm-hmm. that will put some effort into it and kind of re-energize that, that area of the economy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know you've sort of hit the nail on the head too. I think that, that in this political
0: atmosphere, um, you know the arts doesn't always come out on top unless you can prove some economic benefit for it.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny uh, when, when Angelo and I were trying to Originally, we, 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 we had hoped that we could finance Hoosiers with all, all Indiana money. And we were so naive at the time. We didn't know any better. We got an appointment with the governor. And he invited us to the mansion one day. And we went there. And we sat and pitched him the idea. And uh, he actually put us in touch with—he knew some very influential and, and sort of uh, deep-pocketed businessmen and he he saw the value in it immediately and uh you know it didn't ultimately work out for us but he w- he was really enthusiastic and excited about it and
3: uh well there's there's tons of deep pockets in Indiana like i'm always amazed at the head the businesses that are headquartered here so you know if they want it, like you said if they want their families to live here we should have you know more than just parks and rec located Take, that takes place in indiana
0: <laughs> 812-8550-811 is the bloomington number or one 285 9348 outside of bloomington live chat is at wfiu.org slash noon edition and you can follow us on twitter at noon edition looks like we've had a question come through maybe on a live chat about film audiences so um jessica maybe you can talk about the middle coast film festival and and the you know the 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 audiences that you get yeah something's buzzing so, it's not mean,
2: me not it's mean, I'm right. sorry don't, it's I David it was, it's I had uh, an airplane right.
0: mode doesn't it <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay
3: what was the question well, I'm
0: talking about f- film audiences Are, okay. does Bloomington have a uh, strong enough um, oh it's it's vibrant for, is it and okay. it's
3: because of the IU cinema I'm gonna you know give John a big kiss cuz he he like the reason we stayed in Bloomington is because of the IU Cinema. We we see stuff there that you can't you can't even see in art houses in like San Francisco and New York. Mm-hmm. So and then you get that interaction with the filmmakers who come here. So that's what inspired me to start the festival cuz I would go to the IU Cinema and be like look at all these people here. It's not just me and my husband. And um so I'm like obviously there's an audience for it. So my job as festival director is to program and to sort of give them what they want and also push them in the direction that I want us to go
0: in. So describe what direction you want this to go in.
3: Um, all Independent, I feel we, we need, you know, if you want to go to AMC and watch superhero movies, you, you have that here. But I, I want to show other cultures, other communities, other lifestyles, um, and I want to promote this, like, I don't know. Good good vibes all around. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and a good part a good party atmosphere. We have great um we have great restaurants, great thriving downtown district. So our our festival is definitely aimed at the tourism. Um and what's bene- the benefit from that me as a filmmaker is that these filmmakers I'm flying in to stay here um they're shooting their next shorts here. So, directly after the festival, because they liked it the past two years that they've been, now one is going to be shot in August, the week after the festival. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a win. And Just
0: to get a little more detail about mm-hmm. the film festival. So it's going to be, it's in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. And so how many films will there be and how many venues do you Where's have? The date? You
3: have the date. We have July 28th through the 30th. So save the date. Um, four venues all downtown. The BCT, the Waldron, the Back Door, and the Blockhouse Cinema, which is like this new ultra hipster secret Place.
0: Can you tell us where the secret it's place? It's below
3: is? the back door. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> so Globally. it's all it's all centrally located. But um, we're gonna we're gonna have about sixty five films, mostly shorts, um, because those are good bites for people. If you know you have a short program and you don't like one of them, wait ten minutes and you get to see the next one. How so. do you define a short? Uh, short is anything under 50 minutes.
5: Okay. Mm-hmm. It seems like these festivals are sort of popping up even around the state. I saw Fort Wayne recently. Oh, yeah. Right.
3: Yep. They're there's one there's Hoosier Dance, May Day, um, Middle Coast, uh, and one other one just popped up. Alejandra Theater Festival just popped up in the last two or three years, just like us.
0: It sounds like your your film festival, and I'll open this up to everybody. But it sounds like it would um, get some underrepresented voices in film. You know, that's a big issue this week, obviously, yeah. with uh, what's going on with the Academy Awards. Oh,
3: Oscar so white. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's it's unfortunate that that uh, that that's what's being you know awarded because it's not what's being put out there. There's so much. There's so much good content that. It's just an old system, mm-hmm. and once that old guard passes through, it's it'll be different. Yeah. Um, we we screened Tangerine last year to a packed house, and that was you know it's a movie that stars two transgender actresses. So, and our audience loved it. So it mm-hmm. it's not that the it's not that we're shocking anybody. It's craved content. I it's would one say. of the best
2: films I saw all year last year.
3: Yeah, filmed on an yeah. iPhone. Yeah, oh, really? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was, it,
1: yeah. And, and I'll, I'll add something that um, you know I think is important with these festivals, and, and maybe with what the IU Cinema is doing, is um, making these filmmakers accessible. And, and so, uh-huh. so in the the party environment, or even at the BCT after a screening, you know, having these filmmakers accessible to the audience, not only for questions, but then for really intimate conversations afterwards. And I, I think. You know, that's one of the unique things that we offer in this town is, yep. is the accessibility to our guests. I mean, we've only had a few guests that had to be a little more private, but, you know, everybody else that, that comes to town has uh, the real opportunity of uh, engaging with this community. And, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's a, a big difference that you wouldn't see in New York or L.A. Um, mm-hmm. because they would be um, handled, you know, more than they are here.
3: Yes, and we're just sort of like, well, we're going to go eat at Uptown, so. Yeah, right. Come on.
5: What's difficult about that process, though, too, trying to shoot in a place that's not used to having a lot of film shot here? So, it was, what are the natural difficulties in that? To have a small town, tight budgets—they love it. I've never—we—we've—we
3: we've haven't shot one thing where we've encountered an issue. Everyone's like, "Yeah, you want a location? We we shot this like spoof on um, Breaking Away." and the owner of, we needed to use the house there, and we just knocked on the lady's door, and she's like, yeah, sure, use my porch. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very laid back. It's similar to, I'm, I'm from Austin, I grew up in Austin, and it reminds me of the, the film environment um, on b- before, like during the Richard Linklater era, when he made, I was an extra on Dazed and Confused, and it was like, it feels the same way. And Austin did a great thing by promoting film tourism and film incentives. And the Texas Film Commission really did a great thing by, you know, nurturing filmmakers. And now they've got a thriving industry. So, Matt... (laughs)
0: There you go. <laughs> we only have about five minutes to go, so I'm, I'm going to ask David a question. But if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, now's the time. Five sure. minutes to go. Sure. But I want to ask David about moving back to Bloomington because you you were in a place where I don't know if you were handled or not, but you obviously <laughs> were. <laughs> oh, were, we've were, all were, been handled. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you, you know, you you've uh, you know you've lived in in Los Angeles and been in the, a lot of the big bigger areas, and now you're back in Bloomington. So yeah. it seems like you have an interesting perspective for. How filmmaking can or couldn't thrive in a community like Bloomington.
2: Well, yeah, it it, it is interesting for sure. I mean, I, I it's been a hell hell of a journey uh, as a student, you know, in Bloomington, growing up, uh, going to school here, uh, have you know, working in film as a was a fantasy of mine and my uh, cohort, Mr. Pizzo. Um, the odds that it came together for both of us are pretty astronomical. Um, and then to have the success that we did. I mean, I've had my, my flops as well. But uh, the um, coming back here, I mean, I left L.A. because the business has changed so dramatically from when I started out in it. Um, it's like... <laughs> um, it's like we were saying earlier, it, it, it's it's driven by—and uh, nothing against Marvel Comics, but, you know, it's it, it became harder and harder and harder to get character-driven small films uh, made in L.A. Uh, or getting them started there. And one of the reasons that I came here was to teach, to direct theater, which I've done both, and also to try to get involved in— um, in grassroots local filmmaking, which I knew had it was beginning to percolate here, and then I met Jessica and and other like-minded people, and it's really kind of I thought I was done, but I think I've got another movie or two in me that I <laughs> he like definitely to do, does that I'd like <laughs> to do
0: here. You know? All right. Good. So, uh, John, just last thoughts about, about uh, Bloomington and Indiana and, you know, the bill that you're trying to get through and, and why people should support it.
1: Well, um, you know, selfishly, I think it'll, it, it would be great for the IU Cinema to have many more productions <laughs> and filmmakers mm-hmm. here in town. But I, I think it would be it will be great for the university. It'll be great for all of the universities who generate film production students or media production students. But I also think it'll be great for the state. I I think there will be economic benefits for the state and it'll also build a base of an industry that isn't going anywhere. Um, Media is um, parts of everyone's lives and and so part of everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's important to be part of that conversation um, and, and be part of that industry. Matt, this bill prospects 2017, 2017?
4: we'll try it next year in a long session when we do the budgets so that's usually the best time to do a tax credit cuz you can factor it into the overall budget um, but the challenge would be the challenge i have on most of the issues i work on which is that the legislature is just not a very visionary place there it's just not i mean everything seems to be like a daily just grinding keeping the trains going you know kind of getting diverted on weird oddball issues and things but to really get people focused, say, like, there is this possibility. Here is a vision for a place we can go. We can make this happen. This can be reality. You just have to put a little bit of faith into it and drive it. we got the people here to do it. So what we're going to have to do is have people from around the state talking to their legislators to say, here is a vision. You can make it a reality. Let's do it. Jessica, last 30 seconds to wrap it all
3: up. I'm thinking we should probably make a documentary about this whole process Mm -hmm. and just put it all out in the open and let everyone know that there's more than just old white men and cornfields in Indiana. Yep. <laughs> there's uh, a whole bunch of other people here.
0: All right. Well, I want to thank all of you for being here today. Matt Pierce, David Anspaugh, Jessica Lewandowski, and John Vickers. Thank you all. And also thanks to our producer, J.D. Gray and Sophia Salaby, and Sarah Whitmire, my co-host. Thanks, Sarah. Thank and Mike Pashkash, our engineer. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening.